0: You know, one thing I've always hated when it comes to stats in sports is when someone says, Well, if you take out this performance or that performance, then the number would be this. Well, it's not how sports work. That performance actually occurred. Therefore, it counts. But there's one really compelling exception that I'm going to share with you today. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way. Bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. These pirates who are facing the Brewers again, only it's at PNC Park tonight, the 6:35 p.m. First pitch. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. These pirates will enter. That event with a 1.79 bullpen ERA over 65 and a third innings. If dot, 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 you eliminate the runs that were allowed in that 21 to nothing massacre in Chicago by Diego Castillo, who of course is not a pitcher, and Miguel Yahure, who has only impersonated a pitcher so far. This season. The last one's the one you really have a hard time, you know, exempting. But just take it for what it is because Yohure is pitching so badly, he's not going to be sticking in the majors much longer. Maybe not at all. Now that rosters have to go back down to 26. So are we okay with this one? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Eh, Okay. Well, whatever. It's there. It's there. It's 1.79 ERA. They might be, might be the best bullpen in the majors. That ERA is the second best, if you were to look at it that way, among all teams. (sighs) And then there comes this part. That's not going to last. And I kind of keep waiting for it. I thought maybe it might even start happening on Sunday in Chicago with that really riveting performance by David Bednar, Chris Stratton, Will Crow, Dylan Peters, everyone involved. I thought that might be the one. That might be where you'd see the first crack that, you know, even Bednar, as awesome as he's been, loaded up the bases. Doesn't matter how, doesn't matter that it was a bloop and whatever else. He still loaded the bases and you're thinking maybe there's a chance that this is is it, this is the one where you're going to say, man, these starters got to start going deeper, and you're going to start hurting these bullpen guys. I am here to tell you, not in a good way, that this is about to occur unless the starting pitchers get their bleep together in a raging hurry. That has to begin tonight with Mitch Keller Mitch looked really good in Milwaukee against these same Brewers, but you're seeing the same lineup again just a handful of days later, and more relevant here, they're seeing you. He has to get it together. JT Brubaker has to get it together. Yeah, he wasn't feeling well at Wrigley Field. Still took the ball, toughed it out, only got you three innings. That's not going to do it. Bryce Wilson, nothing that he's doing is going to do it. Zach Thompson. Nothing that he's doing other than an intriguing couple of innings in Milwaukee over the course of his full season to date is going to do it. I don't even care about Jose Quintana. He means nothing to this team now or in the future. But there it is. That's your rotation right now. And the scariest part is, admit it, you'd feel a little bit queasy by taking Crow or Peters, and just sliding them into the rotation. You would. You would. And you'd be right to feel queasy about it. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone and you do the rest it's a ton of fun it's a great meal and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in pittsburgh north shore tavern right across federal street from pnc park never mess with a good thing everybody tells you that in all walks of life and here are crow and peters just cutting people down 25 combined innings between the two of them zero runs you know this is nuts at this point, but they're coming in at certain spots of the game. They're coming in without all of the added pressure that comes with starting, the buildup that comes in waiting four days until the next time you take the ball. Derek Shelton told me this was up in Milwaukee that a lot of what he likes about Crow in his current role is that, and I'm quoting directly here, he likes to throw. And Shelton went on to explain what he meant by that, even though I pretty much got it at the first take, that Crow is one of those people who loves to keep his arm active, including between starts when he was a starter. He loved to do his side sessions. He was never trying to find a way around, "Eh, maybe not this time, maybe not that time, maybe I'll delay it here or there. He just loves to keep his arm active. He feels he's at his best when it is active. Are you going to move that to starting? Are you going to mess with this, really? As as incredible as he's been to date. What about Peters? He's a lefty. You know, it'd be theoretically wonderful to have him in the rotation rather than Quintana. He could be your lefty. He could actually get people out and he could matter since his rights are held for another few years. There could come a point maybe in the very near future where I change my mind on this stance, where what is currently very obvious that the current starters are the wrong starters would be worth acting on. But I'm not there yet. I'm just not because I really don't want to mess with the guys who are doing well to benefit the ones who aren't. The fact of the matter is, this starting rotation shouldn't be this awful. And I know that's going to get snickers and eye rolls whenever I say something like that. But we've seen, just as an example here, Brubaker pitch a lot better than he has to this point in the season. We've seen flashes of the rest of these guys. It is incumbent on Oscar Marine to get the best out of his rotation, I've got people asking me now, is Marine responsible for this and that or the bullpen guys, whatever? listen, a pitching coach in the Bigs has one mandate and one alone, and that is to make the rotation better. Remember Leo Mazzoni there's a name from the past. He was the Braves pitching coach for about a hundred years. You know why Leo was the coach in Atlanta for a hundred years because He had starters. Yeah, they were great starters, but he made sure they stayed great. It's all about what you do with your rotation. If you're constantly flipping guys in and out of the rotation because of lousy or inconsistent performance, then the common denominator happens to be the pitching coach, at which point you really ought to make a change at that position. This team needs to find out about these starters. This team needs to find out about this pitching coach. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for J1Q. And today's comes from Michael, who asks, "What a performance so far this season by David Bednar? Does it make sense to try to extend him?" No. There, that's the end of my answer. Thanks for listening, everybody. Okay, we'll talk again tomorrow. No, there's 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 more to say on this, but the really hard short answer is no. It would be a great feel good moment if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, When it comes to following your favorite teams as a priority over doing things that are smart toward winning, it would be a tremendous PR move because you now have Hayes with the long-term deal, Reynolds with at least a couple of years and his rights held for four years, and now you'd have the local kid who's throwing gas signed up for years to come, and everybody would love David Bednar being a pirate for life. Uh, This is a kid that comes from a great family, uh, Western Pennsylvania background, kind of carries himself in a Pittsburgh kind of way, in in a manner that you'd expect. But here's the thing. Long-term contracts for relievers historically do not pan out. And the simple and obvious reason for that is that there's nothing More difficult to predict in baseball, even with all of the modern advanced analytics, than relief pitchers' performances. This was something Neil Huntington told me years ago. He said, if you do a study, and of course they had at that point, of relief pitchers from year to year to year to year, you'll see up year, down year, up year, down year almost exclusively over the course of careers. It's incredibly rare to find someone who is uh, steady. Those guys tend to be your closers, and they really kind of tend to go to Cooperstown. Why is that? It might be the intermittent usage. It might be excessive usage. Whenever managers get a little greedy with a certain reliever and start running up his inning counts past 90, I remember this being a hot topic inside the clubhouse even when Solomon Torres and Matt Capps were getting used a little bit too much by their respective managers. And that discussion happens all over baseball and not without cause. Relief pitchers want to be good every year too. Relief pitchers want to have long careers too. For the most part, they don't. Now, the one... Long-term contract that the Pirates have ever, to my knowledge, signed with a relief pitcher, and I hate to even say his name on the show, was Felipe Vasquez. They were ready to pay him, and in fact, they did sign him to a contract that was... Yeah, I don't even want to talk about this guy. But it was for a lot of years and a lot of money, and of course, he doesn't get a penny of that now while he's rotting in jail justifiably. I'm not even sure I take that contract seriously because I felt that that was a move engineered by Frank Coonley at the time to take away some of the attention from other trades the Pirates had just made at that time, sending really good players out for a bunch of mediocre, overaged prospects. But the point is you don't see it much. You don't see it much, and there's a reason for that. With Bednar, specifically... He is this year making $715,000. That's close to major league minimum. That's what almost everyone gets. That's not the Pirates being cheap. That's what the Yankees and the Dodgers pay their guys in their first three years in the bigs, with very, very, very few exceptions. He'll make that amount again next year or something close to it. It won't be far from it. He'll get a raise. After that, the Pirates hold his rights for three years through arbitration. So they have Bednar for four more years, meaning in addition to this one. So really for five years, he's not going anywhere. There's no need to sign him to a long-term deal unless, again, you're really into the PR thing. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.